Welcome to our podcast, Chill Out Mama. I'm Sabria. And this is Crystal. Motherhood is a beautiful struggle. Do you focus on the struggle more than the beauty? We are two friends navigating the pressures of today's moms. In this space, we share transparently about worries, stress, and anxiety that we face in motherhood. This beautiful struggle isn't meant to be tackled alone. Come along with us on this journey and let's chill out together. Welcome to this week's episode of Chill Out Mama. We are still on our journey to what finding what helps us to re- get, reclaim our time and our chill. Today, we're going to be talking about parenting styles and how those can potentially steal your chill, and also so that you can know what parenting style you tend to lean towards. And if you don't like it, you can change it. If you like it, then love it. So let's get get into it. Yes. So what comes to mind when, when you think of parenting style? I initially think about Claire Huxtable, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's the mom and she had a definite style to the way she parented. Mm -hmm. And then the other extreme would be somebody like Monique Mm -hmm. when she parented Kim and Moesha, like two totally different parenting styles, but it's the way that they raise their children. Girl, I I thought you were talking about Precious. No. (laughs) No. I thought you were talking about precious. That's a whole other kind of thing. <laughs> that is extreme. <laughs> that was parenting from trauma. We're going to get into yeah. that later I mean, on in the season. Yeah. We'll have a style, but yeah, yeah. trauma. Yeah. I think so too. I think um, a lot of us, of course, we look at the way we were parented or look at our parents, but a lot of think TV or maybe other people's families, we kind of look at especially, I think it falls a lot on moms. I don't really, dad doesn't really come to my mind when you think of a style of parenting. Yeah, because in our culture, the dad is normally working so much. And so even in TV images, dad works so much and then he's kind of hands off, but that's not necessarily true. Things have changed and a lot of dads are hands on. Very much so. And, but I think they, dad's, tend to learn as they go. And I don't know if it's because boys aren't really raised to think about being a father one day. I know, I think we think about it, but we're also somewhat socialized to think about what kind of mom you want to be, even before you have children. So I think some men think about it at some point, maybe as adults, but I don't know that they put that much thought into what kind of father they want to be. I think they know they want to provide and they either want to be there or not. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, that's ingrained too. Like, boys don't have Barbie dolls. Right, right. You don't think so, about taking care of the baby yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. But do you, do you do anything intentionally with your, because you're raising two men, they're going to be men one day. Do you talk about that at all? No, but my youngest loves make-believe play and I don't stop that from happening. So if he wants to play with dolls or his little figurines and they play like their stuffed animals are talking, we do that. So because it's also a way for them to talk about their emotions and talk about things that they may not talk about otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with me having girls, I try to make sure they see 
their dad is just as much of a parent as I am. Cause there, you know, there have been times where I was around more cause he was working and I was at home, but that he is just as much of a parent and just as important as I am. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to start out with our, we're going to start with the psychological um, parenting styles and then we'll go into some more, what would you call them? More like pop culture-y kind of terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Layman's <laughs> terms because the psychological terms are very wordsmithy. <laughs> we're just making up words. Culture-y, smithy. <laughs> right. Hoity-toity. We're going to go from hoity-toity to relax. <laughs> yes. Okay. So there's four um, parenting styles in, that you know, have been researched. And I mean, I believe they're accurate, but there's always, there's still differences in the way they show up in people's lives. So let's get started with those four. So the first one is permissive and that parent, well, these are based on, let me qualify. They're based on how demanding you are as a parent and how responsive you are as a parent. And so there's four quadrants and the left top four quadrant is permissive, which means you're highly responsive and low demand. You have no demands hardly. Um, well, not hardly, but low demands. And so permissive parent is whatever you want. They have low expectations. They fear rules indulgent, accepting, um, they're very lenient, and they're warm. And the, the, the big thing about permissive is that the child is in the lead. They're deciding what's going to happen. What do you want now? So the parent isn't taking any leadership in raising the child. They're allowing the child. Everything is child-driven. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they avoid confrontation. So that's a part of that too. Yeah. The next one is authoritative. That parent is on the top right quadrant and that one is let's discuss this. They have high expectations, clear standards. They're assertive, democratic, democratic, flexible, responsive, and warm. So that parent just says, let's do this together. Let's find a way to work together. So along with permissive on that left quadrant, left side of the quadrant, the bottom left quadrant is the uninvolved parent. That one's motto is, I really don't care. They have no expectations, few rules, absent, passive, neglectful, uninterested, and they have competing priorities, which may mean the child may suffer. Mm-hmm. And um, some, on some, some of these descriptions, this one is called neglectful. So they're both not really taking a lead in raising the child, but permissive is more, I, I almost see it as like ple- people pleasing towards mm-hmm. your child. Whereas the neglectful is, I don't really care what you want. I'm not even tending to anything you want. It's yeah. all about Or you. may not even be there at all, emotionally, physically, mentally, none of it. Mm-hmm. And they're completely just like indifferent to it. Like it, there's just, they don't care at all. So uninvolved or absent, and they provide very little nurturing. So the kid is just basically on their own. So yeah. both of these are on the left side, and which means there's there the responsiveness for neglectful is like zero, <laughs> and the responsiveness for permissive is very high. So that's that's the difference between those two. Yeah, and they the, both have low demands. That's how they're alike. So they don't put any demands on the kids, which means that they don't have chores, they don't have to go to school, they don't have to do anything. It's just 
like you said earlier, child-led parenting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are both sad to me. They make me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Because even permitting your child to do to do everything that they want to do, I mean, that even makes me sad. You would think that make your child happy, but they, you know, children need us to lead them. They don't know what to do. <laughs> there are some things that they probably can express themselves about, but for both of them, those kids just be kind of left to their own devices or left to their own devices or left mm-hmm. to just figure out life on their own, you know, sad to me. Yeah. 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 As a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom right quadrant is the authoritarian parent. And that parent, it says their motto is because I said so. They have high expectations, clear rules. They're forceful. They're autocratic. They're rigid. They have punishment and they have limited warmth. This reminds me of like a very staunch military dad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or a police officer, like who is like, you will follow my rules. It's my house, my way. You don't have a say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And I was raised by a military dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't say he was authoritarian though, but that is the stereotype of that. This is probably the one that people would think most of like a father. You know, we were just saying earlier that we don't really think of mothers in this way, but that's probably the one that people most think of like as a father because they're not, people are thinking they're not really involved. They just set the rules and you just need to follow them. And that's what authoritarian is. It's all about the parent's authority and them living that out. And the child just has to respect it. There's no talking, there's no discussion. I set the rules and you follow them. Yeah, it's also, it reminds me of that model children are seen and not heard. Absolutely. Like that parenting style came from that idea. And it's one-way communication. So oh yeah, there's no discussion about things. And there's mm-hmm. probably a problem if you try to discuss it. <laughs> yeah. Assert an opinion. You are too young for an opinion. <laughs> so yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. That's yes. that parent. <laughs> That's authoritarian. Yeah. So and as you the- can see, that goes to the other extreme of demanding. So neglectful is down there on the same part of it but authoritarian demands everything mm-hmm. to do everything in a certain way follow their rules yeah but they also have low responsiveness so if you have feelings or you're crying you're probably told to suck it up and pull it together mm-hmm. I can also see like a strong like sports parent being this way I'm thinking about the character on station 19 she was a track star mm-hmm. and she's having a hard time loving because her dad had a hard time loving her Well, any parent that is like maybe managing their career or trying to get their child to a certain level of excellence, anytime you talk to or hear interviews of those kind of parents, it's like they have to choose. Am I going to show, like if you see your child crying because they're struggling with something, but you know they need to keep trying, you want to give them a hug, but I can't do that because I need you to keep doing this because you need to be excellent or you need to go on this audition or you need to do this. So it's like you have to choose between momager or not yeah and so the last one is authoritative it's on the top right quadrant and this parent's motto is let's discuss this they have high expectations clear standards they are assertive democratic flexible responsive and warm um yep one of my descriptions says solves problems together with the child They also set clear rules and expectations and there is open dialogue. 
yeah. with natural consequences. This so. one to me feels like the gold standard of parenting because it's not just you parenting the child, it's you kind of learning what the child needs um, and kind of adjusting to where you need to be. And it's also the child learning, okay, if I do this, then my parents may respond this way, but we'll work it out together. So it just seems like it's an equilibrium. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the parent taking the lead, but then also allowing the child to have some say-so in what's happening and maybe at some point allowing them, like teaching them how to live. Yeah. I think that's the issue with all of the other, the other three, the, in different ways you're, you are um, hindering your child from learning how to be independent. So even the, even the authoritarian, if they always just have to listen to you, they don't know how to make their own decisions. Or if they're just trying to avoid being punished, they don't actually know how to develop their own moral compass. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah authoritarian authoritative is the the one that's both high responsiveness and high demanding mm -hmm. so. and and that makes sense because when you are in a relationship as an adult like you have to learn this as a child because when you become an adult you have to know what your demands are in a relationship and what you're going to respond to in a relationship and not just a relationship on a job like exactly. trying to find a place to live, like just to be, like you said, independent. So mm -hmm. if we want to foster independence, we need to try to move towards authoritative parenting styles. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I saw an article one time, it was saying it was like there was a, a generation of kids that were raised in the more authoritative style. And those people have difficulty like asking for a raise wow. or taking time off. Or, you know, going to talk to their professor about a grade, like, because they've never had the opportunity or learn how to talk to people that maybe are in a position of authority, but to know that they still have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. It is. It is. So, yeah. I mean, you may, maybe you want to be in charge at home and you just want your kids to listen and not push back because it's annoying. But if you want them to one day be able to speak up for themselves, they have to be able to have the language to do that with you. Even if they still get punished or even if they still don't get to go, at least maybe let them say it. Right, right. And there's a, like, okay, let me share an example of authoritative. Yesterday, Simon was cleaning up Legos when they got home because they didn't do it the night before. So our rule is if you're too tired and you don't finish at night, you finish the next day. So the next day he gets home, he's telling me he, in the car, I didn't eat my lunch. I'm hungry. And I'm like, okay, but we need to clean up Legos when we get home. He's cleaning up the Legos and he's like, I'm done. He's like, mommy, I am grumpy because I'm hungry. And I was like, thank you for telling me because he wanted to stop cleaning up Legos again to have a snack. We worked it out. Get your needs met and then we'll figure out the Legos after. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But if I was another style of parenting, I wouldn't have been able to attend to his needs or even recognize him as having those needs. He's human like me. Or it would have been, what is that? That's what you get? Right. You ate your lunch? You ate your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we don't waste no food in this house. You ate lunch? That's what you get. So now you still got it. <laughs> like, oh. I, I well, should us. I mean, and it brings so much more to it. 
because then you're shooting on your child and they learn to shoot on themselves. And then they internalize that, that now I have to suffer because either I wasn't hungry, I was talking to him, whatever happened earlier where he didn't eat his lunch, I have to suffer and I have to get these Legos up. Like it's the end of the world. If I, you know, but right. or I could show myself some grace, go eat a, eat a cheese stick and then finish. And I can right. learn the lesson. Yep. And he can learn to talk to me about his feelings, yes. which is huge. That's oh, what I want. On another level, that's even, that's huge. That I mean. Identify that. It's I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's even beyond parenting style, but. <laughs> right. You yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's huge. So, yeah. But, and, and that you recognize that moment and didn't let that moment slide by because you need to go clean up the Legos. Right. Right. So we have to, to not steal our chill. We have to see where we are in parenting. Like we have to think, am I, we have to halt. Have we talked about halt before? I believe so, but remind us. If we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, we have to check those four corners to make sure we're good before we can enforce something on our children or that we can even deal with them. If they're coming to you whining and you're hungry or you need to go to the bathroom, take care of your needs first and then attend to the whining in a way that you can be able to handle it because you can't handle it if you got to go to the bathroom or you're hungry yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then we also set a good example for our children, again, meeting our needs and then tend to other things. Put your, make sure you're in the best, best place to tend to someone else's needs. Starts yeah. with us, right? Now take yep. care of ourselves first. Mm -hmm. And you right. just put something in my spirit. Be in the oh. best place so y'all can be in the blessed place together. Oh, okay. Come on. <laughs> blessed place. All right. So we have, we've done this, the psychological ones. We've done the like technical ones. So now we're going to go to, what did I call them? Pop culture or just layman's terms. And they're more specific types of parents. They have these cool names. So. All right, so the first one is called a lawnmower parent. Hmm. I've also heard this one called, um, what's the snowplow? So picture those two things, lawnmower or snowplow. So these parents are called lawnmower parents because they mow down or they plow through any obstacles that may cause discomfort or challenges or struggles for their kids. This parent not only helps their child, but probably does a lot of the work for the child, or at least makes sure to check that everything is correct. This I mean, is I need a nap after hearing that. <laughs> I know a lawnmower parent, and I do have some tendencies. I have some lawnmower tendencies when it comes to schoolwork, not life in general, but I'm, let me check the work, and then I'll say, you need to check two, three, and four, just in case, or put that period there, like I'll check for those kind of things. I do, I, I admit that I do that. But I know someone that has like a 15 year old and does their projects for them. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> I, saw that. I was like, bro, what are you doing? What is it gonna do when he goes to college? Or what is it gonna right. do in life? Right. And she learned and then, all night to, and redid yeah. a project of his. And at 15, it should be solo. Yeah. Like it it will like, y'all, we talked about last week, my personality. So I want things to be right, neat, all that. 
And so when they're working on a project, sometimes I just go away. <laughs> so, so I don't get involved. I don't try to take over. And they do, they can, I've, it has gotten progressively better and better and better because they have figured out how to do these things. And I say, please come and ask me if you need help, but I believe that you can handle this. Even yeah. if I don't, I yeah. say that because that's going to build up their confidence. So if you know you have tendencies to get in there and try to make things perfect or want your kid to be seen as perfect, even though they're in the fifth grade and you're like <laughs> sending them with a project, <laughs> that your teacher's like, she does not write like that in, in right. class. Right, right. Yeah, I used to have those tendencies, but I have a child, two children now. But that youngest one had a project to create something at a recycled something would not accept any ideas or assistance from me. <laughs> Do you boo? And I walked away. <laughs> yep, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. The whole <laughs> the point of the lawnmower or the snowplow parent, though, I get it. We want things to be easy for them. We want them to avoid. We don't like to see our children maybe in discomfort or to struggle with things. So it's like we're trying to take the struggle away or make sure they don't experience them. But again, if they never learn how to overcome or to like develop resiliency, then that's gonna show up later on in life. And you're gonna be plowing yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah, and what it's doing to you is giving you extra to do that you don't even have to do. Go get some business. Yes, go do a hobby instead. Go get some business. Do something that you want to do for you. Yes. Yep. All right. This next one is called the tiger parent. So the tiger parent is known for putting excellence in academics and carefully chosen extracurricular activities above leisure time. So academics and certain extracurriculars are more important than leisure. These parents tend to be authoritarian and have very high expectations. It's basically like tough love parenting where children are expected to respond to the challenges, but they don't yeah. help. Yeah. In my mind, I would like to be a tiger parent in some respects to choose those highly esteemed extracurricular activities. But again, my kids won't let me be great. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just think tiger parents end up being disliked by their kids. Yeah. I think the kids appreciate that because they end up being very successful in something. It's kind of like what we we're talking about, like with Michael Jackson, or, you know, like these very, very high, <laughs> their parent was basically like a tiger parent, right? Yeah. You're going to learn how to play this piano. You're going to learn how to play basketball, you know, and you're going to put all these hours in, but you don't get anything else from me. So there, it ends up putting a strain on the relationship, yeah. but you do contribute to probably someone being very, very successful in some area of their life. Mm -hmm. But do children really need activities every day of the week after school? They don't, no. No, they don't. But so. if, you, if you're starting at five, thinking about you want your child to get a basketball scholarship or to be a chess champion, or then you're gonna start them at three years old in all the leagues. <sighs> Like, it's exhausting too. You know, Morgan plays basketball and these parents, like they're 10. And it's supposed to be fine. I don't know if it's different other places. I believe it is because I, I went to high school in the Midwest and I don't remember sports being that big of a deal. But they are. Like, they are. 
basketball and football in the South? Yes. Yes, yeah, like they think their kids are going to be recruited at like third grade, you know. Right. But that it's also part of, it's like prestige down here too, though, like for your child to be a star athlete. But they also add in the academics now. Like it's very, very competitive to be like a 4.6 student. It's not even 4.0 anymore. You can get beyond a 4.0 now. You have all AP classes, you're in dual enrollment, and you play three sports. Congratulations, but no, really, <laughs> like, like I'm exhausted. Like, and what is that supposed to do for your life? Like, what does it matter? So it does anyway, not. You see where we stand yeah. on the tiger mom or tiger parent? Yeah. All right. So now we have an elephant parent. Now, this was the first time I had heard of the elephant woman. As close to opposite of tiger parenting as possible. So I guess an elephant would be opposite of a tiger. <laughs> Uh, these parents value emotional security and connection. Independent sleeping may not occur during the first zero to five years. These parents seek not to raise their voices and value encouragement over academic or athletic success. So this sounds like the permissive parent, but yes. also they co-sleep. Uh, this may be the ones that, uns what is it, unschooling? Or the ones mm -hmm. that don't, yep. don't do formal education. Um, yeah, it's just about their child being happy in whatever they want to do. Yeah, and I also hear this parent may be using the, the baby talk more. Yes, yes, and speaking slowly, and even though the child is acting up. Yeah, so you know what, this parent to me sounds like it came from a tiger parent home, where the tiger parent was pushing them to do everything that the tiger parent didn't get to do. And then they had another child, they had a child, and then that child said, I'm not going to parent that way. I'm going to do the opposite. And they became an elephant parent. Yeah, very well could be. Yeah. I wonder why they chose elephant. Like, like maybe like the elephant carries the little baby in the trunk. They don't carry babies, but they are right there when the babies are born, picking them up. And just they kind of like they are all together in a unit. Mm hmm. That's the whole I'm family. Yeah. I'm picturing like Dumbo, where she would like, have Dumbo in her trunk and rock mm -hmm. it. Okay, yeah. All right, I think a lot of people know about this one. Helicopter, helicopter parent. These parents tend to hover and this can continue through college. I've heard this from college professors now, like parents are calling up to the school. <laughs> uh, child development researchers Foster, Cl Foster Klein and Jim um, Faye coined the term helicopter parent in 1990 for parents who may be over-involved and always assessing risk, thus preventing their child from developing that skill. Did y'all hear that? Assessing risks? Don't mm -hmm. that sound like anxiety? Sure does. Yep. Yeah. I'm anxious, that, so I'm gonna hover over you. <laughs> yes. And these are the parents that are doing their kids' projects up until high school and then registering them for college courses mm -hmm. and deciding where they're going for graduate school if they continue. Mm -hmm. And these kids more than likely are the ones that are calling their parents every day trying to figure out what to do. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make this. I don't know what decision to make because they've never been able to develop the skill, decision-making skill. Yeah. Or even if they leave home because these moms are probably still washing clothes. <laughs> this is true. But you know what? Kids of helicopter parents, they may not leave home, but they rebel too still like in their lifestyles. They're still going to, whatever I can control, I'm going to, and it tends to be somewhat rebellious. Yeah. 
and sometimes extreme. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I tell people, if you think about a helicopter, the lower it gets to the ground, it just starts blowing every, it makes everybody uncomfortable, right? It's not, and that's what the kid is experiencing. Like, I can't even experience my life because you're just right there. Yeah. Kicking up all that wind and dust. All your stuff. (laughs) All right, how about dolphin parent? So this parenting um, is further defined by the acronym P-O-D, meaning P for play and exploration, O for others, and D for downtime, which includes rest, exercise, and sleep. Yeah, and they seek collaboration, flexibility, and balance. So they coined this from a book where they were trying to have motivated kids without becoming a tiger parent. So this seems like this may be more of that authoritarian Mm-hmm. type of parent where like you still like you everything is equally important play having interaction with others but then also having downtime while you're doing other things yeah and then if you think about a dolphin this one seems to be the happiest animal so yeah. that means this parenting style is going to leave me happy because you're collaborating you're being flexible when things happen and you're trying to balance your life and the life of your kids mm-hmm. I like that one though. I love dolphins. (laughs) And then we have attachment parent. Attachment parents desire close contact between baby and caregiver through baby wearing, breastfeeding, and co-sleeping. These parents use natural closeness rather than the clock to determine their baby's needs. They also emphasize role modeling and positive discipline by using praise and rewards for good behavior and loss of privileges for poor behavior. It's similar to, it's like a combination of dolphin and elephant to me, Mm -hmm. but it seems more, it almost feels granola. It does (laughs) a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it, it sounds more intentional about throughout the, throughout childhood, what you're going to do. So like when you think about natural or a healthy attachment, when a baby is an infant, they do need that skin to skin. They do, they, they do need you for everything. So it's attending to them very intensely. And then as they grow, like stepping back, that's how I kind of see attachment. So you've already built like a strong bond in infanthood, like they feel safe and secure. So now when they want to try things, you can step back and you just mm-hmm. keep stepping back the older they get. Whereas some of these other ones, they're just trying to stay as close as they can throughout all all of the phases. Yeah, but this one, I do see some apprehensions from the children with the Mm -hmm. co-sleeping. Like sometimes for children, it's hard for that separation to happen. Mm -hmm. So co-sleeping for children can last for a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. And everyone does parenting differently. There's nothing wrong with that, but I just see like anxiety coming up in the kids when that separation happens. Yep, yep, separation anxiety, absolutely. That one does, that does sound appealing. I didn't do co-sleeping and I didn't breastfeed and I didn't wear my baby. <laughs> well, I had yeah. to, so. <laughs> <laughs> but we did do a lot of cuddling and things like that. I can just see how this is appealing. Uh, but I also don't see like where the parents take care of themselves. It is still very child focused mm-hmm. and you don't get a whole lot of time for yourself. No. And this last one is free range parents. These parents allow their kids to walk to school or a nearby playground alone, 
Young children may be allowed to ride public transportation or shop alone. Free-range parents believe this freedom promotes independence and self-reliance, but it's not without controversy as other people see it as dangerous and neglectful. Yeah, this is all Peter, this Peter Pan and his friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just having a good time. But don't you I mean, think, don't you think some of us had a bit of this growing up? No, because we had to be home when the lights were on. But you still were out there by yourself. They knew where we were. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think some of what we'd be Generation X and Millennials, some of our parents were more, were a little bit of the free range. I know I stayed at home by myself sometimes. They was, I know people that got sent to the corner store on their own. I'm not saying it's the extreme of free range completely, but there was some of us being given independence very early. Yeah, that was that. I know I wouldn't do now. No, and I hear that from my mom too. She's like, times have changed. And I get that, like things were scary, but they knew where we were. Mm -hmm. And we had to say where we were going. I think this free range that you just described, these children leave and they don't say where they're going. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not they went to school or a nearby playground alone. Yeah. But there is an extreme version of this, though, where the yeah. parents just let their kids just roam. Mm-hmm. The way this was described to me is more of, yeah, I, I know they're down the street and I'm not going to go with them or I'm not necessarily paying attention. I know they're over there. So I yeah. guess probably, I'm sure there's a range of free range. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just like what they say with the eggs, some of them really aren't free range. Some may be a little five by five square for right. five thousand chickens. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. hopefully, you heard you. You know, can identify with some of these. There's a lot of other ones too out there. Do some research on parenting styles to kind of like figure out who you are. And if there's an aspect of your parenting style that's stealing your chill, you can always choose to do something different try something else. If you know someone in your life that has a different parenting style, ask them how they do it. This is all, we're all doing the best we can with what we know at the time, but now you know more. Yes. So you can do more. Mm -hmm. Or less. <laughs> yes. Less. <laughs> say less. <laughs> do less. Say less. Go sleep more. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so you, have, you have a chill pill for today? I would say you are not your parent. Mm. Parent in a way that's best for you and for your child. That's how you get your chill back. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Chill out, mama. Before you go, don't forget to like, share, and follow us at Chill Out Mama Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email us at chilloutmamapod at gmail.com. We'll have brand new episodes every Tuesday, so we look forward to you joining us next time.